Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Gonzo Tonight Show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay updated with when we upload new episodes. If you'd like to support the podcast, go to anchor.fm slash gonzo tonight. There's a support link over there. My guest today is a friend I've known for a while now. It's always a pleasure to see him and have some conversations about what's going on in the world. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, Jared Eberly. What's what's new with the sports world since you're big on sports? I am a big sports guy. Um, Give me like an update of what people should know of what's been going on. Basically, the Antonio Brown uh, situation with the Raiders has been happening. Uh, today, it came out that the Raiders are going to suspend him. It, really? There was the whole helmet scandal with he had a 10-year-old helmet. The NFL guidelines did not allow him to wear the helmet. So he threw a hissy fit, um, didn't report to camp, nothing. Came back after he, he lost in court twice. Came back, goes, all right, I'll wear this helmet. Uh, got fined by the team, by the GM, got a letter from him. He posted that on Instagram. And uh, then apparently him and the GM got into it today. And now they're going to suspend him, and maybe he might not even play a single game for the Raiders. So was he using that helmet the, like, Throughout 10 years, or did he like just yeah. pick it up? Okay, so yeah, he's no, been it, it was something that he used for, for his career with so the Steelers. So it got dated, basically. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he said that he could he could see better with it. Um, he felt he could move a little more. I don't know. The man's better at sports than I am, so. Fair enough. I can't really say anything. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, my Steelers made out better than the Raiders are making out right now. Steelers made out with two picks compared to dealing with the the problem that is Antonio Brown. Fair enough. All right, enough of that. So, uh, (laughs) man, I'm just trying to think of what's going on in the world today because, like, there's always crazy stuff happening. I saw that um, there's this video going around of Bernie Sanders, how he's saying um, the world is overpopulated and we need to start funding abortions in third world countries and... Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Just that's exactly what we need right now. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and he he wants to like make everything free, not only in the United States, but also give, let's just like give free abortions. Give, give me to your Africa. opinion on this. Do you think there is anybody in the Democratic Party right now that is in the presidential campaign that can beat Trump in 2020? No. I genuinely don't think so. I, I don't even think there's someone that really stands a chance like i would be surprised if he lost i mean i i feel that like last time i would would last time last election would have made sense if he lost but this time i'm like there's no way no way that he could lose where did the democratic party decide that they want to go from just a a liberal side to now moving so far that like it, it I, it, yeah, I know. Sometimes, like, I talk like this, and I'm like, I just start losing. Yeah, I was like, what are words? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what to say about it. But, you know, they just have no... At this point, it's almost like they're not even trying, and they haven't studied up on anything 
in relation to what they're talking about, like uh, gun control. There was a video of this um, this reporter. She went and found all the candidates. I guess there was this big um, event that most of them went to. So she went around and asked them um, to identify an assault weapon. And okay. b- bottom line is none of them did. Uh, m- most of uh, most of them said, "Oh, just refer to the assault weapons ban from Bill Clinton uh, back in nineteen whatever it was." And um, but yeah, they sometimes they would say stuff like, "Oh, it's um, you know any a semi-automatic weapon with a high capacity," but then they didn't even use like proper terms. They like, just kind they of trail. Did, off. They didn't even say high capacity magazine. They just said with the high number it, it like holds the, lots of it holds bullets bullets and someone said anything that holds more than like one round it's like with multiple bullets anything that holds multiple bullets in it oh good you know why do they have magazines for a gun if well i guess you can't use those anymore <laughs> according to them and it was just a mess and then the whole abortion thing of course like they're just they're just taking it to the extreme i feel like it's like they haven't even approved of like normal abortion laws around the country and they've already skipped to let's go ahead and fund other third world like you know third world countries well i feel that as our government they've a lot of times have put the cart before the horse so to speak yeah uh, they they love to go They're very ambitious yes yeah, they love to go <laughs> what's next after something they need to get done but they don't get that done right um so it's almost a backwards approach of let's button my pants before I put them on. <laughs> no, you're exactly Go right. Go ahead and try that. It doesn't work. Right, exactly. So you might be able to, you know, fix that next thing. But like you said, if your pants are already buttoned, you can't pull them up. Yeah. They're too tight. Or you got the wrong size pants. True. There's a whole... <laughs> Who knows what the issue is <laughs> when it comes to pants? Is it one size too big, one size too small? Were you an idiot and buttoned them before you put them on? Did you put them on backwards? As These are the questions <laughs> I need answers to. I think a lot of the candidates just put them on backwards. A lot of the government officials already elected. I just want some of Hillary Clinton's pants, Hillary Clinton's pantsuits. For yourself? Yeah, why not? I mean, they're quite the, she has quite the variety. I want to see her closet. I genuinely want to see what her closet looks like. Not from like a creepy standpoint, but just like, like how many from a professional diff- standpoint. Yeah, yeah. From like how of many course. colors of pantsuits, like how many is too many? Right. The the question too is how many closets does she have? Because you know it's not just one. I mean, I wouldn't have just one either. I mean, she definitely has multiple closets for clothing, a few for bodies, and um <laughs> other stuff. And Bill Clinton um, doesn't even have his own room. He's like sleeping in a hotel somewhere. <laughs> That's okay with him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you like you were saying, it's just the Democrats right now that are running are so not organized. There, there's no unifying slogan that they have, or even a platform of what they're running on. Like like Trump was running off of not being from DC. Yeah, it, he, we need a business. You mean none of them approach. stick out? Like he stuck out like a sore thumb. I mean, there's some that stick out, but not for the right reasons. Right. Okay. He, right. He stuck out for not thinking anything through before he said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, which helped him in the long run. But there's nobody on the Democratic side right now 
that has a universal platform that is is getting support. Right. Cuz they're basically all saying the same things like ban guns, abortion is good, guns bad, uh free healthcare. Yeah. They're all saying the same things and so no one's going to stand out. I feel like there's what like 20 it's or not, the, in the beginning it's like it was like 20 right I think, I think it was around like 22 now and then it's, 19 or 18 it's still like there's still 17. way too many yes. yeah and 2020 is coming up yeah. like by the time 20 january um hits like we should have like 10 we shouldn't be having this when many. did it become like oh we're gonna have 20 nominees in the, I in mean, the I, primary i guess there's before it used to be like three i don't or even four. know if there is a limit i feel like People just realize, like candidates, they just realize, like, okay, if I run, do I actually have a chance? Whereas now it's like, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> like, let's run and see what happens. Well, I also believe a couple of them put their hat in the ring just to get time on TV. Oh, absolutely. To prepare for, like, a Senate run. Yeah. You have a uh, senator out in California that I think he might have said oh, for, uh, Booker or no Blackwell. We've Eric Eric Blackwell. Is he from California? I, I mean, you might be right. I think he was I, a Democrat from California. Okay, yeah. um, he said about zero things that anybody agreed with on stage, <laughs> um, and he tried to go after Biden and a couple others. Didn't work out too well yeah. for him, um, but he was one of the first ones to to drop out strictly because he needed airtime. Yeah, so he could get his platform out there. If you're not like one of the top the top three guys um you shouldn't be going for them like in the debates you need to get rid of the 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 lesser people first to get close you need to inch your way closer you can't just go after the big guys that's what like everyone last election they just went after trump it looks petty yeah well not only that they just went after trump and then he already has so much support and then in his case he was just you know yeah really smart and quick on his feet but it just didn't work for them. And the smarter guys would kind of like take out the little guys first. Just which make them sitting there watching the debates, which I feel like people I talked to actually didn't watch any of the debates. <laughs> I watched them more for laughs. Yeah. Um, You're talking about the Democrat ones? Yeah. This, this yeah. Year? yeah. The first and second ones that they had. I feel like when sitting there as a neutral party, watching you go after just one person, take the the guy from California going after Biden yeah, or Kamala Harris going after Biden. You're going after someone that's had such a long career. It looks petty to try and break him down on right. the first debate. Even if they're right or wrong, yeah. it doesn't matter. But you're going at someone's throat when you're having, like they'll be talking about healthcare and then all of a sudden they'll go on to, to busing from, from the sixties. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's, that was a weird transition. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, exactly. They, they can't even the anchors and like the people that are actually running the debates. Sometimes they, sometimes nowadays they ask like really good questions. Most and of the most time of they're setting them up just yeah. so that just so that they can get a tagline in there, yeah, or a one liner that can be printed on a newspaper in the morning, right? And a lot of the, I think the issue with a lot of the candidates too is they're all going after Trump for the same reasons, which doesn't help them stand out because we it's like okay we know you all hate trump or at least you claim we, to hate we him. know that he doesn't think things through before he says them or tweets them <laughs> right we all know this stuff it's so a, it's a known quantity with with trump right there's just no no one's sticking out as much as they should like there's a few where it's like okay he's you know maybe more presidential than this guy but it's like 
they're all basically running on the same message. You know who one guy on the Democratic side that surprised me? Hmm. Uh, the mayor from uh, South Bend, Indiana, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very well spoken. He is, yeah. I think he, he seems like he might be one of the most presidential, but unfortunately he doesn't stand out to most people. Which is funny that, he's, that you say he's the most presidential because I didn't know up until a couple weeks ago that he's gay. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I I never thought. Well, and it's then, amazing like how no one knew that probably because he just keeps his mouth shut and like doesn't try to flaunt anything. I feel like that's a lot of the issue now is like, you know, Kamala Harris and uh, Cory Booker and all of them, like they're flaunting their race mm-hmm. or they're flaunting whatever. Absolutely. And it's like, we don't really care. Like, you know, you didn't learn it with Trump. Like, we don't care what he says and who he is. Like, we just want someone who can d- get the job done. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched the f- very first debate and then I never managed to watch the rest of them. But like, I've been telling myself, like, okay, I need to go watch them. But I also, mean, if you want a good laugh. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I'm kind of just waiting till it narrows down so it's not, like, that big of a mess. The The problem with having so many candidates up there is they're trying their best to get everybody a certain amount of time to talk. Yeah. There's some author up there that literally she has not had one opinion of her, of her own. She always back, piggybacks off of someone else. Yeah. She goes, oh, I agree with, with Joe. Right, and then those people are the first to get kicked out. Like, yeah. Because no one cares. They're saying, um, like, oh, like, you agree with so and so, but like, wh- what are you doing up there? Then she's like, not had one original. I agree idea. with. I agree with candidates. Yeah. Like, you know, I could say that. I, I'm not. You know, like if unless you're making your own, you know, specific platform that stands out to the other candidates, you're not going to go anywhere. That that's part of the reason why I feel like if they don't get their stuff together, they're just not going to be. It'll be, be a landslide. It's going to be too late. Yeah, it'll be a landslide. Yeah, it, it'll be a slaughtering. And now, did you see? Um, I think there's like three Republicans that came out to run against Trump. Did you hear anything about that? I've heard about a couple. Um, yeah. I think if you're if you truly belong to the party of of whatever president is holding power, then you don't run against your own president, right? Um, whether it, you're Republican, Democrat, or if sometime we get independent in there, you don't run against your own party. Mm-hmm. It's literally right. counterproductive just- to keeping power. Right. I'm surprised that because I know sometimes I feel like the GOP or the DNC, they just won't even let someone run against an incumbent. But even so, these guys announced probably a month or so ago, and they're like maybe 1% in the polls or something. Like, And the 1% is their donors. Right. You go on Twitter and you see a bunch of accounts being like, yeah, like... Uh, I'm voting for you. Like you're the one that can, you know, get Trump out of office, whatever. And then it's like, okay, these tweets. First of all, <laughs> first of all, the only reason you're seeing like positive tweets is because no one else cares and yes. no one's gonna go on there. But then you look at the polls too, and it's like one percent, maybe two for like the top guy. It's ridiculous. Like I said, it it's counterproductive to keeping your party in power. I think that both parties are so fragmented right now. And they need to find a way to bring it back to one central idea from each party of figuring out really the direction of this country for the next 10, 20 years. Yeah. We're so fragmented as a society that the smallest thing sets someone out, sets someone off. Yeah. And what's unfortunate is the leaders in our government, instead of trying to actually make things better with the people, 
they're going after those feelings and those reactions and they're like working with that. Like they're using that to their advantage. So there's, so they're backing up the whole fact about, Oh, like, you know, everyone's getting offended by everything. And mostly on the, the left, they're optimizing on that big time. And they're going after really dumb stuff. You know, it, um, hate speech, hate speech is a very slippery slope because you know, what is hate speech? And okay, let's say, you know, racism, whatever. But what if someone makes a racist joke? Like, should they go to jail? Or, you know, they don't look at anything directly. I think it's subjective. Right, it's subjective. Um, It's subjective based on who you're saying it to. And it's also subjective based on the time period. 40 years ago, hate speech was a lot, you'd say a lot worse than you do now. And you would actually mean it. Yeah. Which depending on probably not were. probably yeah. not the best time in our history is you know fifty years ago right um the height of the Jim Crow era but it took a lot more to get someone offended than it does today right well because I feel like up until you know before two thousand ten let's say people had to worry about more legitimate stuff. And now it's Correct. like a lot of people have it pretty good and they have to start worrying about, you know, what their pronouns are and, you know, what they identify as and all this and that. And it's like, okay, but there's people over here that are homeless that are really trying to make ends meet and they can't. Yes. There's, you know, people for, in for other me, countries. For there, me, there's a lot more bigger problems at hand than if I offend someone by right. using the wrong pronoun. There's a lot of things wrong in this country that need to be corrected, not just in this country, in the world. Do I still think we're the number one country in the world? Absolutely. America. But that being said, every country has its faults. Yeah. And I feel like we should be focusing more on that than focusing on if I'm using the right pronoun. Obviously, it's not my intent to go out there and and uh, deliberately, offend, deliberately offend someone. But I don't have time to worry about that when, right. I'm, when I'm trying to make a positive impact on someone else's life. Right. Well, because as far as the country goes, I feel like if we can figure out how to fix um, the economy, like I'm talking like 100%, if somehow, I don't think it's possible, but if we were to fix the economy 100% um, and fix all these legitimate issues, then we can start worrying about absolutely dumb stuff. Yes. If the country is doing great and you know no one's living on the streets, everyone has enough money to support themselves, you know when everyone's doing really good, then you can start worrying about what your pronouns are. I'll give you that. If you want to tackle if, real if issues have, first, if I have nothing else to worry about, exactly, then absolutely correct me. But if I have more important things that are nationwide issues that that go down to the heart of our of our divide. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the pronouns. Right. And even not just the country as a whole, but you personally, like you're worrying about, you know, making money, making sure that you can provide for yourself and then down the road a family and all this and that. So these things are on your mind right now. And it's like, okay, sorry, person, I don't have time to worry about what gender you identify as. Correct. Because you claim there's also like limitless genders. If you can't give me a number, then I'm not even going to listen to what the rest of what you have to say. I'm sorry. I mean, my mindset is let everybody else do what they want to do. It doesn't affect me. Right. 
I have, like you said, we all have our own stuff to worry about. You know, mine's making money, finishing my degree, you know, starting a family and, you know, pursuing my relationship with God on a daily basis that I don't really have time to worry about what everybody else is doing on a daily basis. Right. And that's not, that's not going to eliminate the fact that we should go ahead and, you know, be nice to everyone as best we can. But, you know, if I'm, if I go up to you and I say, excuse me, sir. And then you flip out on me, like, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. Like I was, yes. <laughs> I, I apologize for going. I'm sorry that educated. I'm guess. sorry that millions and millions of years of, Humanity, yes, has been like this forever, and now you want to change it now. Like, sorry, millions and millions of years of humanity has talked this way, and you expect me to just switch it off, correct? Right away, like maybe one day down the road we can figure this whole thing out, but right now I'm still worried about you know legitimate things. I don't want to end up on the street, I can't just like quit working. No, I I 100% agree. I can't quit working. I can't, you know, start stressing about, oh. If I stress on on the most minute details of my day, then I'm taking away concentration from from the more important issues. Well, yeah, you'll have no energy for what matters. If you start worrying about what other people think, then that consumes you. And then when you're at work, you're not giving your best. When you're at home with your friends and your family, you're not giving your best. It takes away from every other aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. And you brought up a good point about focusing on your relationship with God. I feel like if more people do that, or just even if it's not, you know, the God we believe in, maybe it's some other God, not Allah, um, we can. <laughs> All right, I'm back. If, it, if we just focus on religion because most of what religion says is to just be kind to everyone and you know there's very positive morals that come from religion if we focus on that then we could get back on track and maybe the world will start going in the right direction again yeah i i think if now i'm gonna preface this by saying whatever you believe in you have the right to believe in it yeah it, it is in our constitution i believe in the dna of our constitution that being said I have my beliefs, other people have theirs. So if everybody lives their life a little better through a godly lens, I think that it would make a positive impact. Of course. And there, there are certain ways of doing that. It's a intentional, conscious thing that you have to go through. Um, it's a daily struggle. Trust me. Of course. I'm sure the people closest to me would, would say that, you know, some days I'm not the most godly person and then other days I am. But it, it's something that you have to be conscious about and try to work through every day. It's not about religion. It's about your relationship with God. So I, I think if everybody worked on their relationships with God and moved down from there, because it, it, it's vertical with him and then it moves down. Yeah. So it moves down to you know your family, your friends, your coworkers. If we work to make those relationships a little better each day, then how could we not have a stronger society? Right. It just and then at that point it'll become second nature. Like you said, you, once you get the God thing down, and you know no one's ever going to have it down one hundred percent. Correct. But once you start working on that, go down to family. It starts flowing. Yes. Friends, coworkers, strangers, everything just flows. It becomes a pattern in your in your daily right, life. Right, and you just become a better person in general. 
And I've seen this not only with like Christian belief, because we're both Christians, that's our Correct. belief, but even with other religions, you know, Hindus, Buddhists, whatever, when they focus on the good morals, whether you believe in, you know, their gods or not, I see those, I see that have an impact on people and they're just, you know, kinder in general, yes. so to say, because they're putting focus on something that's, you know, good and not something that's evil. You know, they're not focusing on um, ill intent all the time. They're dedicating a few hours of the day to a positive message, so to say. But if you look at all the different societies, you see those with religious backgrounds. Again, there's outliers. Yeah. But those with with religious backgrounds tend to lead holier, more wholesome lives. And... I mean, that's what I want for me and my family. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to push that on anybody else because that that's my belief. Right. But I think the best way to go about it is, like you said, not push it on everyone else, but just lead by example. I've seen that that's just the most effective. I mean, let's be honest. If, if I'm on campus somewhere and, and some guy comes up screaming at me about the Bible, I'm probably going to put headphones in. <laughs> right it's just that it's off-putting when someone comes about it the wrong way right because no one wants to be forced to do anything yeah even if it's, if it's good no one even if it's something you like it's at that point it's like okay i'm already like i'm already doing that so just leave me alone like let me let me do it myself like if no one likes being forced to do something so the best way to go about it is leading by example and i think most people can agree with that and if you just start paying attention to that. Yeah. You'll, you'll get it and it'll make sense. My Apple Watch just told me I reached my move goal for today. <laughs> Shout out to my girlfriend for making me go on a walk. <laughs> What's your move goal? Like a thousand steps? I think it's like 300 calories. Oh, okay. I mean, I did, th- we went on a three mile walk today. So definitely more than a thousand steps. Yes. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And do the math. Normally seven. <laughs> it's a little over 7,000 for uh, a mile. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Hey, mom, I'm getting my steps and, you know, <laughs> staying fit. You said 7,000 steps for one mile? Isn't it? And then it's... Wait, yeah. Six to 7,000, and then it isn't like 1,500 yards for a mile? You're probably right. I don't know. You can ask anybody that knows me. Math is not my strong suit. I feel like you can ask anybody this question, and they probably won't be able to tell you. <laughs> yeah. There's people that don't know who our president is right now that live in right. this country. Even Have after, you ever watched, even... like, those, those late-night shows, and they'll go out on the street and ask... Oh some of, my god. <laughs> some of the most basic questions to be American. No, the scariest one is when they ask them to point out where the United States is on a map and they can't oh. do it. That's the worst one. I get other countries. When, when did we stop teaching history and geography? I I was uh I was at a baseball tryout a couple weeks ago. I'm coaching and I said the name Helen Keller to a to a 13-year-old boy. And he goes, what team did he play for? <laughs> I went, excuse me? I was like, he didn't play for anybody because he is a she, and she was <laughs> deaf, blind, and mute. So I don't think she would have played baseball that well. And if she did, put her in the Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like there's a lot, of, there's a lot in history specifically that we're losing like, like that's a good example. Like, I feel like they should still be teaching Helen Keller in schools. Like, I wouldn't expect them to stop. I mean, at least know the basic things of like 
she was deaf, blind, and mute. Right. Next is going to be Anne Frank. They're going to be like, who? And like, she hid in the closet. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like um, I kind of went through that um, when I was going through school. I could kind of see like certain things starting to be taught differently. I mean, I didn't do well on a sixth grade geography test about the states. I mean, I do better on it now. Right. Well, it makes sense too. Like if you're younger, it's definitely harder to comprehend everything. And then that's why like, I, you know, they teach like, um, let's say geography um, in like elementary or middle school, like very um, earlier. And then they teach it again, like when you're in high school or something. It's, it's like, like the refresher. first part, they're like throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. Right. And then when you get to high school, it sticks better. But then also you, it's like testing you what you did learn from yeah. years ago. I just, I just don't know where we moved as a schooling system. And, and I hate the current of standardized testing teaching. Yeah. That, that's how we teach is we teach for students to pass our grade and kick them on up to the next teacher. Um, I want to know where we moved from actually caring about what a student learned. Like I'm a big history guy. Um, think about being a history teacher. Um, and I want to know where like we've lost our passion for history Mm-hmm. And and making sure that everybody knows it because if we don't know our history, we're doomed to repeat it. Absolutely, there there's so much stuff that they're slowly taking out of the history books, like, and sometimes you might think, oh, it's not like an important detail, but that just opens the door to you know erasing whatever you want, like, like you said, Helen Keller. Maybe that maybe that kid wasn't taught Helen Keller in school for whatever reason. It might not be a huge deal, but then that leads, you know, they could rewrite the history. I mean, on and, anything. and yeah, like rewriting history, history is not subjective. Right. It, it It's facts, you know, why? Because it happened. Right. And there's really no way of changing it, but I feel that certain teachers will go about changing it right. to reflect a either a political view or their, their own fleshly desire to teach a certain way. Well, if you read any like, history book it's not gonna the author's not gonna be like you know i feel this happened no it's gonna say this is what happened here's some supporting documents yes. that were written in that time mm-hmm. so you know when you study history you you're supposed to look at the facts and what actually happened and then you can maybe draw a conclusion from that you draw a conclusion and then if you if you want to make your own draw your own opinion on right. it, you can draw your opinion on who is right and who is but wrong. But you also have to put yourself in the shoes of that time period. A hundred percent. Because things that happened, you know, like you said, 50 years ago would not be happening the way they did Yeah. today. If, if you know, like you said, if someone was going around saying certain racial slurs, they would be shut up pretty quick. Um, you know, th- we had slaves in history. We had American, uh, excuse me, if we look at American history, you know, we had slaves. But if we had slaves today, those slave owners would be put in jail. It's it's 100% illegal today. Yes. And then slavery, you know, for as long as humanity's been around, they've had slavery. Looking at the American landscape and seeing how things have evolved, it's fascinating because we haven't been around as long as other countries, obviously. Right. And just to see 
the amount of evolution that this country has gone through, mm-hmm. it's breathtaking. I mean, we still have a long way to go. Right. Um, but just how far we've come, I think we forget that sometimes mm-hmm. of look where we, like we said, look how, look where we were at 50, 60 yeah. years ago. That's not that long ago that my family was but still But so alive. much has changed since 50, yeah. 60 years ago. And I think that's what we forget to look at yeah. is, is we're, we're always worried about the next fight and not looking back and seeing where we actually came from and how much has changed. Well, there's so much you can learn from that too. And like you were saying, not only the country, but the world as a whole, like if you look at it um, from a technological perspective, like the industrial Le- revolution is a great example, but you see the chart of, you know, where we are, it's a flat line, basically. Mm-hmm. Then it starts going up slowly. And then recently it shoots up. It shoots up exponentially. Right. Because we're inventing things at rapid speeds and we're using those things we invented to help invent better things. I, I've had this the same exact conversation with, with family members. And I've sat with, with my aunt and been like, when you were little, would you imagine some of the stuff that there is today? And she goes, I could not have imagined in my wildest dreams some of the stuff that's here today. Right. Like an iPhone. Around. Yeah. But to, today... It, they carried a brick that right. they called a phone and had an antenna that was 16 feet long. For us, iPhone is normal. For, you know, our grandparents, they could have never imagined that. Yeah. They see the movies, you know, where there's like well, there's, holograms there's that, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, there's that technology. And then look at look at metal te- or medical technology. Oh, yeah. B- before, they used to be like... Yeah, you're probably going to die. We got to cut your leg off. Yeah. Maybe. Like, I could be wrong. Oh, wait. That's the wrong leg. <laughs> now they at least put a mark on which one they're going to take <laughs> off. Like, X marks the spot. Yeah. But, like, medical advancements have been tremendous even in the past 15, 20 years. Yeah. They, they've gone tenfold what they were before. And looking at that, it's it's breathtaking to, to see how far we've come. And how far we still have left to go, mm-hmm. but sometimes you have to be reflective on on where you were and how much you've evolved in such a short period of time. Right, and you have to look at it positively too. Like you have to look at all that and say, "There's definitely hope for us if we're ad- if we are advancing at such a fast rate compared to um, the past." Then th- you know there's nothing we can't solve if we just yeah. put our minds to it, and if everyone gets together and. You have, to be willing, you have to be willing you to get to together. Willing. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't, they always say like in a negotiation, you can't negotiate with yourself. Right. So you, as a world, we have to be willing to come together and find solutions to some of the problems. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, man. Such as hurricanes. Thank you, Dorian. Yeah. I mean, we could, all we have to do is put a bunch of big industrial fans on the coast and it'll just blow the hurricane. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You ever been in front of those things? This thing's have a lot of power. You see the video on Twitter of the guy. He's like, "Oh, we got to do. We got a navy. We just got to get them to drop <laughs> ice in the ocean and get, you know, get the air force to fly around in circles and get it going the other way." <laughs> I was like, "This guy's onto something, man." <laughs> is it? Is it just like how in Australia the water goes the other way in the toilet? You just got to get it so. doing that. Yeah, all you got to do is push the hurricane down south a little bit, and then it'll flip the other way. <laughs> they were so off with the models. When it first started, oh, yeah. they started. They went, "Oh, it's going to be a tropical storm. It's going to go over Hispaniola, and then that's going to break up in the mountains." It did not. <laughs> I mean, the Bahamas don't really have mountains, right? They have a lot of water now. Um, As if I they mean, didn't before. I mean, pray for the Bahamas on a serious note, yeah. but they were just dead wrong, is what you're saying. Yes, 
like I I know that models are only so so accurate. Yeah. Well, and the storm too can literally just decide. You know what? I'm going to do this instead. Like it it literally has a mind of its own. Like I was talking to to one of the guys that I work with, and he showed me a picture. It was the models of Irma from four days out, and they had it all barely touching the coast of Florida. And then it shows the actual path that it took, and it came directly at the middle of the yep. state. So it shows you that really they're guessing. I mean, I'd want to be – if you want a good career <laughs> in Florida, go into meteorology. Of you're course. going to be like, it, it could rain. It might not rain. You're I really get, don't I know. I mean, you're getting paid no matter what. It's not yeah. like if you're wrong, they're going to cut your pay or Yeah, something. they're going to be like, it's Florida. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, you know, that happens all the time. Yeah, and then did you see how um, – the news was attacking the president for his incorrect models or whatever. But then you just, it's like people forget what happened five days ago. They were literally saying, Oh, the hurricane is going to go straight through Florida, mm-hmm. which would, what's the next state over? It's Alabama. Yeah. And then Georgia's above it. And he said, you know, the hurricane's going to hit Alabama, um, according to the models. And then when it didn't, they were like, he said it was going to hit Alabama, but it didn't. It's like, Really? <laughs> you're really concerned about this first of all i mean the carolinas are about to get they're they're taking a beating it. they yeah. are yeah but they didn't predict that did they no they did not not at the beginning like i said they went they'll go over the mountains of hispaniola <laughs> and it'll all break up and we're all good welcome to hurricane season um it missed hispaniola <laughs> by a little bit and hit the northern bahamas and did, did you see some of the videos of like they're walking dogs through on, on their chest in yeah. chest high water. Yeah. And I can't fathom having to actually live through that. I want to know why. Now I want I want to see some of these cruise lines. They make so much money off the Bahamas. Yeah. Even even before the storm, if they knew it was going to be that bad, it hit as a category 5. If it was going to be that bad, send one cruise ship down. Take them, load them up, start Cruising towards Europe. Guess what? When it when it gets past, you turn back around and drop them back off. I mean that now they wouldn't I mean, have anything to drop them back off to right. now. Um, but they would have saved many lives. Yes, and then they're able to come back and, of course, fix the damage. Yes, that honestly, that's not a bad idea. If we could look at the logistics of that and like figure that out, a- absolutely, it's the, not a bad idea. That's definitely a good idea. Which I was thinking about the other day. I wonder if you could get government assistance to do that. Like if if you petitioned Probably. FEMA then, if you petitioned FEMA or the federal government as, you know, Disney or Norwegian or whatever, and and petition them for reimbursement for, for providing those services, I don't know why you wouldn't get it. I'm sure there's a way, yeah, especially if you go the reimbursement route. Because if you sort of ask them beforehand. Or, Better I mean, to ask for forgiveness really. than yeah. for permission. But also the government's going to sit there and go, ooh, I don't know. That's a lot of money that we don't have. But think of the amount of positive PR that would come out of that. That's true. I know they say all good are all PR is good PR, but, but good PR, PR is great PR. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. People would be like outstanding. Like just, you know, of course that would be so short-lived because we want to go back to talking about bad stuff. I mean, we but, live in, we live in a a forty eight hour cyclical motion yeah. as a society. Um, it's always what's next, yeah, or what's going to affect me. Um, I mean, let's be honest: the people of the Bahamas are probably going to be dealing with that 
for for years to come. Right. We're probably gonna stop talking about it like tomorrow. Yes. And that's a shame. Yeah. Um, but it's the way our society is. And it it's a shame that they're only gonna get forty eight hours of airtime for years of heartache. Mm-hmm. And most of them probably lost everything that they had. Yeah. Well, it's like last year when the power went out in Puerto Rico, you heard about that for a few days, but they it took them a year to get back full yeah. power. It's going to be the same thing with the Bahamas, unfortunately, and probably worse because they are dealing with actual deconstruction of a lot of their buildings. And there, everything. Yeah, still, it's not just power. There's still water above yeah. above the hips. They have to wait till the water. It's going to take weeks just for the water to recede. Yeah. Um, they showed aerial shots of the Bahamas before versus now. I mean, everywhere is beachfront property now. Yeah. And it, it's terrible. And well, hopefully we can send some sort of help to get it done sooner rather than later. I know, I, know, uh, I think it's Florida, Georgia, um, I think the Carolinas, and I believe in another state, are sending uh, aid. Yeah, troops. I'm trying to think of National Guard. Oh, oh, they are sending National yeah. Guard. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be like 1,200 total, which wow, okay. it's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they'll go down there and you know be able to help ease some of the suffering for. Yeah. I think if they go down there with the right mindset. Like my mindset every day is if I can affect someone's life for the positive that day, mm-hmm. then I've done something right. Right. If they go down there with that mindset, I feel like it's going to ease a lot of people's suffering. Yeah. <laughs> but what do I know? <laughs> well, we'll end on a good note then. Um, appreciate you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been a great discussion. Yes, sir. Uh, I am the Gonzo Show tonight's political and sports commentator uh if you have any questions just feel free to reach out to me i know this part's gonna get edited out but um you know we'll i just wanted to say it thank you for having me on of course anytime (laughs) thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the gonzo tonight show be sure to go find us on social media at gonzo tonight if you would like to support the podcast as well as access some exclusive content and other interviews Go to anchor.fm slash gonzo tonight and you can support the podcast over there. Again, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.